We've been having a good time uh, recently talking about God's word, God's word for young people. Uh, one Sunday, God's word for fathers or for dads. And and so today we're going to talk about God's word to mothers. And again, God's word, the truths of his word transcends generations and scenarios and situations and lives. And so the word of God is relevant for every one of us. And so I want to invite you to hang on as we hear maybe what God's word is having to say to our mothers this morning or our grandmothers. There's some grandmothers here today. I know that. And uh, some new grandmothers. And so, you know, God is speaking to us through his word and we're going to we're going to embrace that. I want to begin with a fun uh, little story about a mother uh, that had a four year old son that she was trying to, you know, trying to teach uh, how to tell people how to respond to people when they asked him how old he was. Um, And and so she was showing him, you know, you hold up so many fingers, you know, four fingers because he was four years old. And I've seen a little four year old do that. And it's really cute. And, and, and he just kept on getting mixed up and he couldn't figure out, you know, which fingers to hold up. And so it was the eve of his fifth birthday. And so one last time on the eve of his fifth birthday, mom was trying to, you know, explain to him about his age and how to respond when people ask. And so she said tonight, she said to her son, she said tonight, you're going to bed. And when you go to bed, you're four. But in the morning, when you wake up, you're going to be five. And so she explains this over and over again several times. And finally, he gets a look in his eyes. There's a light kind of that turns on in his eyes. And he says, Mommy, I think I understand it now. When I go to bed tonight, he explains, laying there on his, his, in his bed. He says, when I go to bed tonight, I'm four. But when I wake up in the morning, I'm going to be a handful. <laughs> and and I, I, of course, all she could do was laugh. But I love the fact, the reality that moms are built for moments like that. In fact, moms can handle it when little boys are a handful. Amen. And I praise the Lord that God has, you know, given me two important mothers in my life that have impacted my life greatly. And of course, the first mother that has impacted my life is my mom. I mean, the mother that I was born to. And I, I praise the Lord that God gave me a Christian mother. And I'm, I'm sensitive to those that maybe have not had contact with your mom. And I'm sensitive to those that maybe that want to be a mom. But I, in, in my scenario, I just praise the Lord that God has given me the opportunity to have a great mom. And, and unfortunately, she's now with Jesus. Or fortunately, she is with Jesus. She went to be with the Lord about a year ago, just over a year ago, right before we moved here. And so it's been quite a transition. But I look back as I was getting ready for this morning, I was just kind of reminiscing on my experience as a child and my mom as she raised me because I had an awesome mom. I mean, she was the kind of mom that that, you know, she not only prepared me lunches, but she she put notes in my lunches to tell me how special I was and how important I was in life. And I had a mom that that taught me all kinds of things like how to do my own laundry and a mom that taught me how to crochet. Now, don't tell anybody that. OK, that is a secret. So a mom that taught me how to crochet and sew buttons on my shirt. And I'll never forget it was mom that went with me to the bank and helped me at, a, at about 14 years of age to open up my very first checking account. And, uh, and so I praise the Lord that I had a mom that was engaged, a mom that was an awesome mom, was a part of my life. But I also praise the Lord that there is another mother that has had a big impact on my life, and that's the mother of my own children, Heidi. And I love Heidi Heidi dearly. I always talk about Heidi because I love her. She's my wife. She's awesome. And one of the awesome things about my wife is that she is very compassionate. And she has this she has this 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 scary ability always, always to look at people 
as if they are somebody's son. They're someone's son or daughter. You see, I don't have that talent because when I'm out in you know, the world and I'm driving, say, my car and my truck and there's somebody in front of me and they're acting like a complete, um, like a nincompoop translation is idiot. I don't want to use the word idiot, so I'm saying nincompoop. And that, that driver's acting like a nincompoop or, or they, they, they park right beside me so close that I can't even open my door. And I'm thinking, man, these people are such nincompoops. You know, I understand. And, you know, I just want to go on. But my wife, she says, now, Tony, you need to be calm. You know, they maybe woke up on the wrong side of the bed or they've had an argument or whatever. She has this ability to always be compassionate and to know that this is somebody's son or daughter that we're getting frustrated with. And I, and I love the fact that my wife has that compassion. Well, that's where I want to jump off today. And I don't have much to share or wisdom to share with you in regards to the role of being a mother because I've never been a mother, <laughs> but, but I, I believe that God's word does, uh, does have something to say. And so I want to share with you about four things in regards to mother uh, from the word of God. And so if you have God's uh, word, I want to invite you to turn with me. We're going to Isaiah first, Isaiah chapter 49, and we're going to look at verse 15 here for just a moment. So if the word of God, let's go there. Isaiah chapter 49, looking at verse 15. And God's word to mothers shows us that a mother is a symbol. I mean, it, it really supports what I was saying about my wife, that a mother is a symbol of amazing compassion. Say that with me this morning. A mother is a symbol of amazing compassion. And if you've ever been around a mom very long at all, you will discover that is true. In fact, we, we see this kind of illustration here in Isaiah chapter 49 and verse 15, where really Isaiah is speaking about the assurance of redemption. You see, that's what he's talking about. But it's interesting that in, in giving us assurance of redemption, that he defines, he kind of defines the dynamic of God's relationship with us as creation in this way. He says, can a woman forget her nursing child that she should have no compassion on the son of her womb? So the way that God establishes his promise is by referring to something that we can all relate to. And this passage praises mothers as the symbol of amazing capacity or amazing compassion. So we recognize that God is likened for us here in this case as as having the very same characteristic like that of a mother that cares for her child as God created us and he is our creator. He created the heavens and the earth and the universe. He created you and I. And, and it would stand to reason that if he created us, that that creator would love us and that he'd care for us. Now, I need to say, yes, he is a perfect father. We spoke about fathers last Sunday. He is a perfect father. And we understand that he's our father in heaven. But also we recognize that he is also that perfect mother. Because you see, the very characteristics that we find of our mother are the very characteristics that we find in our father in heaven. In fact, go to Isaiah chapter 63. Take a moment and turn there. Go to Isaiah chapter 63 and then go down to verse 13. Look at verse 13. And there we read again. There is this comparison as one whom his mother comforts. So I so the Lord is saying, so I will comfort you. So God likens himself to a mother bringing to mind the incredible comforting ability of a loving mother. Again, the mother here in this passage is, you see, it's, he's, he's being, uh, or it's, you know, the example has been given here that he uh, is a symbol of amazing compassion. 
that God is that symbol for us, amazing compassion. Now, the etymology of the word, now bear with me, the etymology of the word is, it, it, it gives us some clarity here. The French derivative is about the sympathy of, of God. But yet, when we talk about compassion, if we look at the word itself, the first part of the word, the C-O-M, the come part, is, is together or togetherness, and the passion is about suffering. So it is a coming together in our suffering. We understand the word compassion. And so now we have the compassionate father, the characteristics of God that we find in our mothers. There is this coming together so that we find that here is a father that has given us a mother. That's given us a mother that we are not alone in our suffering. Who has given us a mother that when we skin our knee and we fall, we have a mother that, that loves us or we bump her head or, or something tragic happens. Or maybe it's just our friends are picking on us. And I praise the Lord that God gave us moms that will stoop down and get on one knee and she will put her arms around us and she loves us. I, I praise the Lord for giving me a mother. Amen. And so we recognize that in this very same type of characteristic that we find in the Father, in the very same femininity of the Father who is in heaven, I mean, God is perfectly masculine, but he's also perfectly feminine. Because he is the creator, he is the one who has created us, he created all men, he created all women, and we recognize that in the creation there is this perfection and understanding, and we have to recognize not only how great our fathers are, but this morning I want to say this, our moms are pretty awesome too. Amen. How many agree with me this morning, you know, as we're just kind of jumping off here today, saying that moms and grandmothers, grandmothers, I do not want to leave our grandmothers out. Our grandmothers are just flat out awesome. And we need to recognize that. So the scripture shows us that a mother is a symbol of amazing compassion like that of God. So what is the second thing? The second idea is that a mother is a wife. Now, bear with me. Here it is. A mother is a wife of noble character. Look at Proverbs 31, 28. I think I have that there for you. Her children rise up and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praises her. Now, this is couched in the classic passage of the virtuous woman. It kind of provides us a beautiful picture of a mother who experiences, of course, the joy of her children. And the loving husband that is caring for her and, and is honoring her and recognizing the great integrity that he has in a wife. Because in, in another passage it says, he who finds a good wife has really found something, has really found a treasure. And so we recognize that, that a mother is also a wife of noble character. And in the virtuous woman in, in Proverbs chapter 31, ladies, you've read that. And I'm not telling you anything new, but it talks about the mother that is, is weaving and making clothes and the mother that is tilling the ground or the soil. And she's producing fruit for her family. The mother that is running a business, a mother that's this professional, a mother that is pulling it all together. It's the mother that brings balance to life. And, and I love it because, it, you know, the scripture does not talk about the father in that way. I mean, the father is to be the spiritual example and we are to be hungry and seeking God. But it is the mother that when there's frustration and failure and temptation and the family's being pulled off track, he said, hey, it's the mom. That brings us back on track. The mom that pulls it all together. And, and I, I love that. I just absolutely love it. In fact, in Proverbs 31, 28, we read, you're called blessed. Again, you're called blessed because you balance. Listen to this. You balance the realities of life. You see, that's that's bringing us on track. That's bringing balance to us. So we really understand it's the realities of life. You're balancing that with what? What's the other part of that? The, the realities of eternity. 
So the reality is eternity is that that this is not just this life. And yes, we're productive and yes, we're focused and we're bringing balance once again. I mean, that's what the mother is doing. And again, it's a biblical example, not not my idea because I fall short there. But it's a biblical example. The mother's bringing this to the realities of life. But also it, it says she brings the realities of eternal life. So just as we would say that a mother is a wife of noble character and she's a symbol of compassion, we would have to also say, I believe just as rightly, if we are true to the word of God, is that a mother will pass on her faith. Say that with me out loud. A mother will pass on her faith. We see we see this in Second Timothy as Paul's writing there to Timothy. He says, I'm reminded of your sincere faith. Do you remember that? He's he's kind of affirming, Timothy, I'm reminding I'm reminding you of your sincere faith that was seen in your grandmother Lois and your mother. And and I trust now that 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 dwells in you. And so you see the challenge here for us is that that moms, I mean, if this is God's word to moms and there is a challenge that I would issue to moms. And again, I am not trying to, you know, live or walk in your shoes. But the challenge for moms, moms, are you listening? That you would pass on your faith. The challenge is that you would pass on your faith. And, and I know there's a temptation because we, you know, have our ideas and our philosophy. And I know there's a temptation. Well, you know, they'll get it. You know, I'm just, I'm just going to live my life. I'm going to live the way I live and I'm going to smile. And, you know, and then we just kind of hope and wish that, you know, our children will kind of just get it. And, you know, they kind of absorb our faith rather than than passing our faith on. You say, well, pastor, what do you say? And I'm saying this, that there is a dynamic in the gospel that is something that is not static, just sitting there. But there is a dynamic that is is an exercise of our faith so that we are exercising our faith. And and we are living in such a way that our our children see the faith that we have in Christ. And we are we are showing that faith in our words that we share in the life that we're living. And and, and we are sharing with them that Jesus Christ loves them. And and we pass on our faith. Now, notice here in the passage right here, it it, it speaks of or as for as far as Timothy goes, it speaks of the faith of his grandmother, Lois, and his mom. Dwelling in him. Now, let's take a moment and think about that for a second. I mean, the idea of what does it mean if our faith is dwelling in us, if our faith is dwelling in us and it's it's a part of us, it's in our life. And and I imagine in my mind's eye that that means that this faith, you know, cannot be separated from who I am as a person. It means that if you know Tony Miller, you know his faith. If that faith is dwelling in me and we understand that, that means that faith is a part of the way that I interact with Pastor Kelly as she leads worship and we plan our our week out and we interact. And that means if the faith is dwelling in me, it it affects how I interact. Interact with you and, and it affects how I, I lead my family and my, my family begin to, to catch it. It's not so much taught as much as it is that it is caught. I, I will never forget those precious moments with my mom and dad. Around the couch, kneeling at the couch. I mean, my folks were old fashioned enough that on occasion, a few times, a couple of times a week, we would kneel at the couch or around the dinner table to pray. And, and, and it was kind of neat how my folks did it. They had a restaurant and mom was a professional. And, and so we did not have like a regular routine, like 
like a military family. I mean, they, they worked it out when we could, when our schedules would allow. And so we would, you know, a couple times or once a week at least kneel at the couch or pray around the dinner table. And, and we'd pray, of course, about the things that we're concerned about. But, but I cannot remember, what I'm saying is I cannot remember a time that we knelt at the couch or prayed around the dinner table that my mom and dad did not pray about somebody they were concerned about who did not know Jesus Christ. They wanted their friend to know Jesus Christ. I have a friend by the name of Carol Matthews. I don't know if anybody's met Carol. Carol Matthews is a retired principal. He, uh, he was a junior high principal and then he became a high school principal, retired. But the glorious story of Carol Matthews. It's my mom. She, she was remarkable. She told, painted. She sang. She led choir. She did a lot of things. But she had become friends with Anita Matthews, Carol's wife. And, and her and Anita became very thick. But the thing was, Anita was not a Christian. Anita Matthews did not know Jesus. And so uh, mom made her famous waffles and homemade butter syrup that I made for you guys at men's breakfast. And, and, and that she would have them over for breakfast at nighttime on a Friday night. And then we'd play games. And, and they just began to love on this family. And, and I remember when my mom came home and she was crying with joy. Because she had shared with the need of the gospel of Christ that she could have a relationship and she could walk with Jesus. And, and, and Anita prayed and asked Jesus into her heart. And she became a Christian. And it wasn't before long as she started coming to church that her husband, who was not a Christian, that her husband, Carol, became a Christian. Well, Carol was my junior high principal. And I was about this big, probably, probably 70 pounds. Carol, they were friends with the family. He embarrassed me to death because in junior high, he would come and pick me up and flip me like this and carry me on his shoulder. So the principal is carrying a seventh grader on his shoulder. That's embarrassing in front of your peers. So anyhow, he would mess with me. And, but anyways, Carol became a Christian. When I went to high school, Carol got a promotion. He went to high school and became the high school principal. Time passed. I went to Northwest Nazarene University and... And then I began to pastor, and I pastored back east in mid-America. As God would have it, I ended up coming back to Idaho, where I grew up, and I pastored a church just outside of Twin Falls, Kimberly. Guess who lived in that community? I became Carol Matthews' pastor. Because I had a mom that was passionate about sharing her faith. I got to pastor Carol those years as I pastored that church, and we're, we're glorious friends. On our move here to, to California, Heidi and I stopped and visited with Carol Matthews because my mom shared her faith. You see, moms will exercise sharing their faith. It's not, okay, if I'm just good enough and act Christian enough, they will absorb it. They'll just kind of pick it up. At some point, you've got to say, do you know Jesus? Have you met my friend Jesus? See, moms will translate that. And they'll share that with their children. And I praise the Lord that I had a mom like that. So mom will pass on her faith. The fourth idea is that a mother lives in submission. Now, before you get your hackles up, let me, let me go to Luke chapter 1. 
as, of course, Mary encounters the glorious plan that God has for her life in the birth of of Christ. And, And we read in verse 46, chapter 1 of Luke, and Mary said, my soul glorifies the Lord. Think of that. My soul glorifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior, for he has been mindful of the humble state of a servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed. You know, I want to I want to pause long enough to say this to our mothers, our mothers to be our mothers that want to be. And I understand, ladies, you're coming from different perspectives and our grandmothers. But I want to say this. There is no greater calling than that of mother. You see, submission for Mary, it was submission to God's best plan, not an alternate plan. It wasn't a plan B, but it was God's best plan. How many moms here want God's best plan for you? How many grandmothers want God's best plan for you? You see, God wants to bless you. He wants to anoint you. And and see, Mary's submission, I mean, if if mothers are are ones who submit... That Mary's submission is a submission to God's plan. And listen to this. Notice this, that Mary's submission changes the destiny of mankind because of Jesus Christ. She submits to God's best plan. And, of course, we are all impacted because of that. Maybe that's the point, Supermom. Maybe that's the point, that God's best plan for you is the best plan. As a mother, as a grandmother, that you say, I'm going to submit. And I understand it's hard sometimes because we want to do what we want to do. I understand that. And I understand the struggle and and all the pressures of life. But man, hallelujah, I believe that God's best plan is the best plan. Amen. And I want to say to moms and I want to say to grandmothers this morning that, that God created you special. And he designed you and he values you. And you can do and you can be everything that God has called you to be. And I'm wondering if sometimes we are tempted to buy into the lie that you have to have something more. That you have to do something more to really feel valued and important. And I'm not taking away the, the professionalism that we, we, we need sometimes in our life. I mean, we look at Proverbs 31. I mean, wow, what, what, a, what a business person that we're reading about there. But at the same time, the value that God gives the role to mothers is of, of, uh, it's of utter importance. Amen. And so we recognize that God is asking us to just really recognize that our mothers are are important, that our grandmothers are special. And I want to honor our grandmothers today. I want to honor our mothers today. Let's bow our heads. And I want to just go into a moment of prayer with your heads bowed and eyes closed. And I want to pray for our mothers this morning specifically and pray for our grandmothers. We've been highlighting our young people. We've been highlighting, you know, couples and, and fathers. But I just want to say to moms and grandmothers this morning that you are precious And you are so valuable in God's eyes and that God has given you a role that's so very important. And we just honor you for being our moms. We honor you for being our grandmothers today. And it's possible that there is a mom this morning that has been struggling with something. And maybe it's between you and a a child. I want to pray for our moms that have little children. You're trying to raise those little children. I want to pray for moms that are trying to, you know, develop relationship with their teenage children and maybe a mom that is struggling with an adult child i've had i think two mothers share with me a concern about an adult child just this week let's pray for our moms this morning precious father in heaven i thank you god for your anointing i thank you god that you have given us and designed this beautiful thing that we call family i thank you for moms 
And I understand, God, that there might be some here this morning that did not have that privilege, that honor of being around their mom. But I know that where there is a vacuum, where there is emptiness, where there is a vacancy, Father, that your spirit, your Holy Spirit comes in and fills that vacuum. And and that your Holy Spirit gives us a peace and a purpose in life when there is emptiness there. Lord, I thank you for filling that role. I thank you, God, that you, you have designed the family. We've been talking about the family, all the roles in the family. I pray that you've, Lord, just reminded us of how important our family is and how important it is that each one of us are a spiritual, a spiritual example for the rest of us. And Father, I pray that you would just honor our moms this morning. I pray that you'd honor our grandmothers. In fact, I want to have all the moms and grandmothers just stand right there where you're at. I want to pray a blessing on you. Moms and grandmothers, would you just stand right there where you're at? Precious Father in heaven, I pray a blessing upon our moms today. I thank you, Father, for the role that they live out amongst us. For those of us that are missing our moms, you know what we're feeling, God. So we humbly come and we thank you for that experience. For for grandmothers this morning that is praying for their children, grandchildren, I pray that you would just be with those grandmothers and that you would just reestablish, reaffirm your faith in their hearts as they love that extended family. Father in heaven, we love you today. We thank you for giving us the honor. Thank you for the privilege of having them all. Grandmother, bless them. And for those that are hurting in any way, I pray, Lord, that you'd meet that need, fill that need, fill that void, we pray. In Jesus Christ's glorious name, amen. Let's worship.